on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, July 31st. LA Galaxy 2-1 losers. How they lost that game, I will never know. 2-1 losers to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, it was a very comfortable game for the LA Galaxy until it wasn't. We're going to talk about that game and sort of talk about what the LA Galaxy now have in store for themselves as they look ahead to playing now 20 days without a game. Remember, we told you it was important they stand this in the tournament. They did not. Now we get to talk about that and what the ramifications are that going to be. Transfer issues, all that sort of stuff is in there as well. So want to get to a whole bunch of it. But before we do any of that, we want to talk to the man who is currently down under in Auckland, New Zealand, getting ready for the U.S. and Portugal coming up here in the Women's World Cup in just a, well, it's going to be really early for us, but nonetheless, coming up in just a little bit, it's Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, you're, hey, you're upside down, Kev. I'm down under. You you are down under. What? Ha- it's amazing the fun things we can do with video programming. <laughs> are your arms tired from having to do handstands everywhere, I would imagine? Well, the flight down here, they're really tired from the flight down here. By the way, I appreciate Michael Araujo doing the intro from Atlanta where he's uh, hanging out with the Angels. That was great. Yeah, Mike Mike gets, Mike can travel around, man. Mike was in Japan earlier this year as well. He he has a good time. It's always nice to see Mike whenever he doesn't have to do announcing, get away, and, and travel. And so him and his wife do, well, do and, that well. And anyone who's watching this probably notices I don't have my helicopter pilot headphones on because, um, see, I am actually in the future. There it is. Oh, oh it says I'm exercise. It says Yep. There it is, yeah. Three oh three in yep. the afternoon, and the, because of the time space continuum, apparently the headphones did not work from down here. So that's right. So we're doing it on natural. That's right. Well, I mean, tell me. We were talking just before we started. You and I haven't really gotten to talk face to face here for a little while. Um, this is what I call face to face now. I don't actually need to see people in person for this to be a face to face. But uh, tell me about. Uh, the By the way, before you go there, uh, I just went down the elevator here at the hotel, and a lot of the media are here and. Kaylin, Kaylin Murray from ESPN, uh, she got on the elevator and I said, I, I've got to get back upstairs. I got to do a podcast. And she goes, you do an L.A. Times podcast? I said, well, no, it, it's not really an L.A. Times. It's an MLS one. She goes, is that Corner of the Galaxy with Josh Gessman? That's my favorite MLS podcast. She did not say that. Did you pay her she to say that? She said that. However, comma, she did say that. However, comma, she was surprised I was on the podcast as a guest host. So that told you the last time she listened was, what, about 11 years ago? Yeah, exactly. You know, was, uh, Kevin's been a, been, a, been a host for a while, but, uh, but very good. Well, tell me about Auckland, New Zealand and, and the Women's World Cup so far before we get into the uh, doldrums of the LA Galaxy. 
Well, as you, I think the last time I was on the pod, I was at the Homeless World Cup and I was bagging on Sacramento. Um, I'm looking out my window now. This is not Sacramento. Auckland, of all the places I've been, this is my seventh World Cup. I've been to four Olympics, traveled a lot in Latin America for baseball, a couple of Pan American games. This is the one place that I would move to without a second thought. Auckland is amazing. Um, it's a foodie's paradise, very diverse place. You'll hear four or five languages walking down the street. Um, it's really laid back. It's a city of 1.7 million people, so it's big, but um, it's just an amazing place. The weather right now is a little chill, which I'm not going to talk about because you guys would get really jealous with the heat you it was, had. It was like, Flo- it wasn't like ridiculously hot today, but it was like Florida humidity and we were waiting for the thunderstorms type of thing. So I'm still waiting. I think some people down south got some thunderstorms. I don't know that we've gotten any rain, but I'm in a room with the windows closed. So who knows? But yes, continue. Yeah, this place is beautiful. We did go to Wellington for one game. Uh, we've been in Auckland. The U.S. played uh, its opener in Auckland. We went to see New Zealand play the first game of the tournament here in Auckland. Then we went to Wellington, which is the, the capital of New Zealand, right. uh, about an hour flight away. Um, they call it, call it Windy Welly. It's the windiest city in the world based on average wind speed. Oh. And it lived up to its reputation. It was extremely cold. The hotels were terrible. A lot of good restaurants again. But um, we're glad here to be in Auckland um, tonight, the U.S. With, and Portugal. Everything on the table. If the U.S. wins, they advance, but they could also finish second in the group if the Netherlands uh, passes them on goal differential. The U.S. is ahead by two goals in the differential right now, and New Zealand, or excuse me, the Netherlands plays against Vietnam. So I think we're going to probably be doing a split-screen thing there at the end. If the U.S. wins the group, they go to Sydney. If they lose the group or finish second, they go to Melbourne. And if Portugal wins the game, the U.S. come home. It'll be the first time they've ever eliminated in the group stage. But this World Cup... If you've been following, it's been amazing. Um, uh, Colombia beat Germany. Um, New Zealand is out. Canada is the first reigning Olympic champion to be eliminated in the group stage. Uh, Spain lost to June Endo in Japan yesterday, four to nothing. Right. Uh, Australia, without Sam Kerr, managed to get through to the, to the second stage by beating Canada. Um, it's been the most exciting and most competitive Women's World Cup. Could the U.S. lose? Probably. They probably won't. But the, I mean, given everything else that's gone on here. They could. And by the way, speaking of old galaxy people, I uh, was walking around downtown yesterday and uh, ran into Servando Carrasco. Oh, nice. I was walking down this this cute little alley with a bunch of restaurants and somebody called to I had been messaging with Servando for a couple of days and someone called to me and said, Kevin. And I turned around and it was Servando and he introduced me to uh, his brother and his sister-in-law. And then his wife, uh, uh, Servando's wife, came around the corner with the baby. Uh, that that girl. I think she played. Yeah, she played for the. I think she had something to do with the national team. Yeah. Uh, and I decided that. So, so you were talking. So you were talking to Alex Morgan's husband is who you were talking. Yes, to. I okay. was. OK, yeah. yeah just then, checking. Then his, his wife showed up and she said hello to me. And um, I kind of left it there because the last thing that um, the captain of the U.S. national team needs uh, the day before the game is for some reporter to start har- haranguing her on her private time. So I, I beat a hasty retreat. Yes, absolutely. It makes some sense. Well, very good. Um, I think it's been less followed here. I know there's a lot of diehards who are, who are watching, but obviously the time difference causing some some issues. I haven't got to, to watch a whole bunch of games either. And so that type of thing. But I've heard that it's great. So. By the way, yeah, it's it's been really it, some of the games. And, and it's unfortunate because, for example, the Colombia-Germany game was amazing. And and Brazil's last game um, where they played France, that was maybe the best women's soccer match I've ever seen. This place right here, Auckland, is filled, our hotel especially, but Auckland itself is filled with American fans. I was walking around downtown again today, 
um, everywhere, people with uh, USA stuff right. on it. And, and then you see a lot of, you know, people with NWSL sweatshirts, a lot of San Diego Wave, a lot of Angel City, right. a lot of, I saw some uh, OL Rain stuff. So uh, definitely a lot of people here from the States. A lot of fun. Well, good. Well, we hope that you enjoy the game today. Uh, you get to cover that. And of course, I think what what time is that playing our time here on the West Coast? Is it is it 3 a.m.? Midnight. Oh, so Kicks midnight. Off at midnight. So, yeah. so you have to stay up late That's for this. That's not one. too bad. You guys can make it. You can make it. I didn't make it to the game on uh, last night on Sunday because I have a cold, so I don't think uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, we'll have Kevin here for about another twenty minutes, and then uh, he'll have to take <coughs> off and start heading his way uh, towards covering that game. So uh, we'll let him go whenever he needs to go, and then we'll uh, finish up anything or close up any loose ends. I don't think we're gonna have a super long show here. Uh, have to talk about the LA Galaxy's loss, and I think that's important to do. Uh, Two one loss to the Vancouver Whitecaps. Here's the crazy thing: uh, the Galaxy were so comfortable in that game. Kevin, um, they were able to move Vancouver around. Uh, Greg Vanny went and moved Douglas Costa a little more centrally uh, be- with the absence of, of Gaston Brugman um, and his injury. There had to be an they had to sort of be an adjustment that they were going to make to sort of cover up for, for Brugman's ability to put the through balls through and sort of combine with Puj. And the, I think the decision was made to move Douglas Costa a little bit closer. Right. That was sort of the idea. If we do that. Um, and move him into the center more, and maybe he can make, be a little more playmaker for us. Uh, it narrows the the attacking, and you have to get a lot more from Caligari, who I thought had a good game, uh, going up and down the right-hand side. Uh, so you have to get more from Caligari on the outside in order to keep width. But, um, you know, I thought moving uh, Costa into the center was a good move and, and sort of something that I thought Vancouver had no answer for. But quite honestly, Kevin, Vancouver had no answer for most of this during the night. Uh, they looked toothless. They looked like they couldn't score. I'm still amazed they scored two goals. And by the way, some of the luckiest two goals you're ever going to see. But honestly, the Galaxy's fault for leaving them hanging around. Well, it, it yeah, I mean, the Galaxy dominated the game. Time of possession, shots, everything. Yep. And one of the goals was an own goal. Yes. You know, you mentioned Caligari had a good game yep. off that corner kick. Just kind of an unlucky play. Um, you know, Charles Bone, by the way, of MLS, um, wrote the other day that I, the I, Galaxy. I, re- I retweeted are, this. I, I was, I was with you, Charles. Charles and I, Charlie and I, are, are friends. So whenever I saw him say this, he was. But go ahead, you can, you can continue. Yeah, no, go ahead. He said he, they're the, they're the worst best team that he's ever seen. The best worst team he's ever seen. The yeah. best worst team. And we've been saying that for. We're saying there's too much talent on this team for them to be bad. The bottom line is the Galaxy dominated that from almost every way that you could. I thought that in the first half they could have easily scored two or three goals. Um, I think if they had a striker in there, and it's the same thing that we've been going over, it sounds like a broken record. I said this Galaxy team will go as far as their inability to have a, a you know a number nine sort of be any sort of um, you know impact on these games. You're you're not seeing. It doesn't matter if it's Jovalich, it doesn't matter if it's Judd. And quite honestly, I don't know that why we're projecting that either of those guys have to save the Galaxy. I don't think you should expect Preston Judd or Dayon Jovalich to save the Galaxy in the way that they have. They weren't those players and they aren't those players. So they're really playing well above, you know, water's way over, I think, both of their heads. Um, Jovalich regressing to the mean uh, big time. In fact, one of the worst, uh, you know, expected goals uh, numbers this year in in all Major League Soccer for somebody who has as many minutes as he does. Um, Got in some good positions, Kevin. No finishing. Uh, The Galaxy did pass around some shots. Um, and I also thought took some bad shots as well. But bottom line is there were enough chances in that game, Kevin. The Galaxy could have easily scored three goals. And really, all they needed was a second one. The second one puts that game out of reach and it depletes Vancouver, who played horribly through 80 minutes of that match. And and now we're in a situation where now with that loss, as you mentioned earlier, it was very important for the Galaxy to get out of the group stage, at least out of the group stage. They didn't have to go any further, really. But now 
they have three weeks off and people look at that and say, well, yeah, with the injuries, that's a good thing. Not really because the, the injured players, Casares, Chicharito, Brugman, they're not coming back. They're not going to benefit Bru from this. Brugman could come back. We still don't know what and, kind and of procedure he's going to have. And I know that they haven't put Casares on the season ending injury list, but we don't expect, I don't expect him to have a, a real big impact on Realistically, this. Realistically, it would be, I, the point is they're not going to benefit. They're not going to be back in three weeks. So they're not going to benefit from this time off. They, the Galaxy may benefit from getting a chance to train with whatever players are going to replace Brugman. Yeah. And sort of uh, that was one of the problems yesterday is, is is sort of getting everybody on the same page. That might help. But unless they scrimmage, say, Galaxy 2 or, or maybe they arrange a scrimmage with another MLS team eliminated in the first round, they're not going to see any game action for three weeks. And you, you say, well, maybe that's good. Maybe they get to rest up. Not really. I, I, I've talked to a lot of coaches about this. And I know you read my piece last week. About, Every uh, word. Every word. Yeah, and you studied it about what a ridiculous tournament this this uh, Leagues Cup is. But one of the things coaches told me is, um, if you get if you play to the final, you play seven extra games. That's gonna that's a killer. But if you get eliminated in the group stage, as the Galaxy did, then you go three weeks without a game. Both things are bad. Three weeks without a game, you lose your rhythm, you lose your timing. Right. It's like starting the season over again. If you play seven games. You arrive at the finish line exhausted, and then you have to go back into MLS. So the Galaxy are on the front end of that. They they were eliminated in the group stage. Now they sit around for three weeks. Yeah, I'm, and it was funny. I was doing Vancouver radio, and we were, I was sort of talking about that. I'm like, neither one of these teams wants to be eliminated in this game. In fact, it's horrible to be eliminated in this game because you don't play for three weeks. You don't have a game. And quite honestly, one of the things that I was hopeful that the Galaxy could sustain was the fact that they had some momentum at the end of the at the end before the break for this League's Cup uh, tournament that they had some momentum out of that and they had something that that possibly and everybody can say oh well they lost 4 to 2 to Vancouver I go yeah but they actually after they went down to 10 men and after they gave up three goals in the first you know 23 minutes they played well in that game they actually probably gained some confidence out of that game showing how they did again going against Vancouver they were by far the better team against Vancouver not that that matters by the way um I I I, I did this whenever I saw the lineup um, but if you go and look at this lineup, Kevin, it's go find out how many starters are really missing whenever you start playing this, right? So Dejan Jovalich is starting in place for Chicharito, right? We know that Uri Rossell is starting in place for uh, for Brugman. We know that uh, Daniel Aguirre is starting in place for Mark Delgado. We know that Tony Alfaro is starting in place for Caceres. You have four fairly high-impact starters that are not available, and you go in and you dominate a game against Vancouver? I, again, well, I, well what do you make of the goalkeeper situation? Oh, Mitrovic. Novak has been excellent. Like, I sit there and go, okay, so uh, he's starting next year. So how are you getting rid of everybody else? Like, what what are you doing? For a, is he, I think he's 19. For a 19-year-old? Is that is that true? Is he 19? Chat room, check me. Uh, because I, I seem to remember that. The best distributor of the ball the Galaxy have from the goalkeeper position. Absolutely, hands down. But what do you what do you read into that? Because I understand in in U.S. Open Cup, you know, a, a lot of backup guys play. But goalkeeper is not a position where you, I think, have to worry about a lot of fatigue, maybe mental fatigue. Um, but he's played he played all of the well two League's Cup games. Bond appears to be healthy. Klinsman is healthy. Yeah. I know they they had a little you know dings and stuff. Van, but they Vanny talked about ready it. to play. Yeah, I mean, Vanny talked about it. Vanny said, Vanny's told us very simply. He's like, I wanted to give him a chance to get in some games, and he goes, I didn't think putting him into regular league play was a place because there's a lot of pressure in those games because of how far in the hole we are. You can't make mistakes, and you know, I thought this was sort of a fresh start for us. Mitrovic is, uh, you know, it, again, it's very did, small did sample. 
Did he win a starting job? Does he start when they come back in three weeks? No, but I'm not saying he shouldn't, right? I, I, I think that there are a lot of upsides for him. Um, and if the Galaxy continues sort of in this way of playing well, but not, not scoring goals and not being able to pull out results and the season slips away, I wouldn't be surprised if Micevic starts down those, those, rest, of this, those rest of the games. Um, I don't think it hurts anything to play him as much or as little as you want. Uh, you have him for next year, but the Galaxy went out and spent a lot of money for him. Remember, everybody was criticizing them for putting a third goalkeeper on there. Uh, it does, I think, open up a chance if they want to do anything before this window actually closes, which is on August 2nd. If they want to do anything in the league, I think it does allow them to move a goalkeeper if somebody needs a goalkeeper um, and and possibly make Mitrovic either a two or you know a one and a half, a one A, one B guy. But they went out and got this guy for a reason, Kevin. They targeted him for a reason. They brought in a third goalkeeper, I think, at a million dollar transfer fee, if I remember correctly. Um, in order to get him, right? And so Mitrovic is an important is an important goalkeeper to the future of this LA Galaxy. I just don't know if that future is right now, and I don't know that you necessarily want to burn him as as quickly. Maybe he maybe he's in competition for the starting spot next year whenever they start. Well, when they come back in three weeks, you look at the Galaxy. They're they're still thirteenth in a fourteen team conference. They got twenty two points. The, some of the teams ahead of them that they're chasing, Portland, they're still going to keep playing in the tournament. Vancouver, still keep playing in the tournament. A couple other teams could if they win. Um, but the one thing with the Galaxy is they have, like, they have three games in hand mm-hmm. over Sporting Kansas City, which is an 11th. They have a game in hand over Portland, which is one spot ahead of them. Um, they have uh, a game in hand over Houston, which has the last playoff berth right now. So you can look at the Galaxy and say, with all the injuries and all the bad luck they've had uh, and, and their form right now, Maybe you start playing guys and just find out what you have for next season. But on the other hand, the Galaxy, they're, they're still in it. They're still definitely in people it. Don't, I mean, people all, don't want to hear that. They have 36 possible points, right? 36 because there's 12 games remaining. They have 36. And they're only seven back. There's seven out of a playoff berth, and they have a game in hand over that team. And as you said, game in hand means you need to win. Yes. It doesn't mean you get a free pass. It's, it's, just, it's just a chance. But, I mean, honestly, if you look at this Vancouver game, how do you feel confident that the LA Galaxy can win games right now? I mean, Ricky Pouge had a great goal. It was a great passing goal. Uh, the Galaxy tore Vancouver apart. Vancouver looked like they were traffic cones, right? And Pouge buries it, and you're like, this is going to be an easy night. And it was, when the Galaxy are good, they make the game boring, right? Which is the passing and everything they're doing to control possession, and they're making Vancouver chase and everything else. And I said, the only thing that they missed on uh, uh, of execution on uh, on the game on Sunday night was scoring the second goal, was scoring the third goal, right? Was getting in there and putting the game away because they didn't. Um, and, you know, I, I think that while you can be while your eyes will tell you that the Galaxy actually played really well, still need some finishers. I thought Boyd was wasteful. Uh, I thought Jovalich was was MIA again for most of the time. He did have a couple chances where he was inside the box and he couldn't couldn't get his foot on it or couldn't make the shot well. So there was that. He had a good shot in the second half. I think he was more aggressive in the second half. So Jovalich came alive a little bit there. But really, you needed that for 90 minutes and not just the second half. Um, you know, uh, the, the goal that they score that's the own goal is... It's unfortunate. What, what are you going to... One, you don't want to put yourself in necessarily those free kick positions and everything else that are sort of in that. That's a that's a mistake, right? And you allowed Vancouver to gain a little bit of momentum because you hadn't put them away, right? So you're 10 minutes before the game is over and you're like, okay, good. So Greg Vanny is looking at this going, okay, we need to sort of hold the position we're at. We need to keep them from scoring. And they get that free kick and it bounces through like six guys and Caligari's just tra- tracking back the way he's supposed to and the ball hits him and goes into the back of the net because it was going wide. Right. That's unfortunate. That's unlucky. That's unlucky. There's nothing that you're going to do besides not give up that free kick that 
that allows that play to be any better, right? So so that's one of those things where you're sort of like, well, that's unlucky. But then to see the second goal scored, and this one a little more, that Galaxy let that ball hang around too much. Vancouver's now pressing. They're feeling confident. They've scored the goal. It's, you know, now you're almost in a stoppage time. Vanny has made his subs already to make sure that he has the penalty kick takers that he wants. Leardam and Alvarez come on, right? And Alvarez goes to stop a bouncing ball, and he can't quite get to it, which, by the way, not his fault. It was a difficult one to get your foot to. And the ball ricochets off him into a Vancouver attacker's way. He whiffs on the ball and he hits it, just just nicks it just a little bit much. And it falls to a guy who's between two LA Galaxy guys where there's no room. Like it's the perfect pass, except he wasn't trying to make it right. And that ball gets in right. And they score from there again, two of the most unlucky goals you're ever going to see. But why are they allowed to be in those positions and be allowed to have hope in those positions, Kevin, when the Galaxy had more than enough opportunities to put the ball away? And it comes down to uh, quality of finishing. Tyler Boyd was poor. Um, Douglas Costa, I didn't think was involved enough on the offensive side. Ricky Pouge did well in some times and his goal was great, but he could have scored maybe two more goals that he missed. Um, I don't expect them to convert everything, Kevin, but what I do want to see is more chances being hit on target and more goals being converted when they get the chances, because you probably had five or six big chances for the galaxy to sort of score goals there. And they converted one of them and Vancouver had, had zero big chances to score a goal and they scored two goals. Well, and I said, I think the Caligari own goal I said earlier was on a corner kick. Obviously, I meant set piece. But that was, a, you know, a ball bouncing through traffic. You know, he he probably at some point lost lost track of it a little bit. Um, that was an unlucky goal. The other one is kind of the same thing. A ball ricocheting around just happens to land at the wrong guy's feet. The Galaxy dominated possession again, outshot uh, Vancouver 16 to 10. What do you think of the fact, or uh, yeah, 16 to 10. What do you think of the fact that Ricky Pouge had five of those shots um, you know, I guess maybe without a real striker like Chicharito, his, his role is changing a little bit. And I know he feels like he needs to take on the focus of that offense, but, uh, uh, you know, having Ricky take a third of the shots, that, that just seems high to me. I would, I would say that if he could have taken more shots, I would have allowed it. The galaxy don't have finishers, uh, and, and Pouge can finish right now. He's not the best finisher. And quite honestly, it's one of the things that's really sort of separating him from probably the upper, upper level of players in major league soccer. If he could start finishing, if he finishes two or three of those chances that he had last night, Kevin, and I think he had some chances to do so, um, you know, he he comes out as one of the best players to play in Major League Soccer. He's already in the upper echelon for what he can do. He ran Vancouver into little tiny pieces for most of that night. Um, yeah, with when you lose Brugman, Pooch is going to step up and he's going to have to carry more of the load. Douglas Costa is going to have to carry more of the load. But that's it. Um, we talk about the depth and everything there is. Daniel Aguirre, I thought, played played a good game for, for what he was asked to do. I thought he was fine. I thought Uri Rossell had a really excellent game playing in sort of the defensive midfield. Uh, caused a lot of problems, got into a lot of tackles, did a good job. Um, that's the guy who's going to benefit from this break, by the way, because yeah. he needs to have a little bit more chemistry with his teammates. And by the way, speaking of Ricky Pouge, he liked to tweet recently. He, he, liked, he, he, he liked a tweet that was put out by a... Well, let's just say uh, not exactly a source I would be I would be, would be worried, but basically was saying that, oh, well, Ricky Pouge is going to decide his future in the winter. Uh, OK, everybody needs to calm down. He liked the tweet. He's like tweets about stuff, but Ricky likes to like tweets with his name in it, although I would say he's he's more particular than just liking anything with his name in it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily worry about that. Remember the rumors where he was bored in LA? I think he was, I think he liked that tweet too. And he was, then they made fun of it and everything else. Um, I've talked to some people and basically 
what they're saying is that no, they, they, there's nothing where like Ricky's like, well, I'm going to decide what he, I think he's under contract to 2025, Kevin. Um, yeah. And it's a long contract. It's a long contract. So he's still now, by the way, whenever I say that, uh, that there's not going to be like a big, I expect that there is going to be a meeting this winter with Ricky Poosh and it's going to be to, to sign a new contract where he's paid a lot more money than what he's being paid. Cause currently he has that he's being paid, you know, I think 1.6, $1.7 million on that Tam, um, <clears throat> the max Tam contract, but he, he really should be getting, you know, more money than probably anybody else well, on the team. But he is, he's the DP. Remember that they made the change to a DP. They didn't make a change to a DP, but he didn't get any more money. Right. So it yeah. doesn't really. So what did he get out of this? Mm, not much, but he's going, I imagine they're going to make him a full DP whenever this comes around this winter in terms of uh, his pay as well, because you can't have a guy who's dominating like he is and not paying the money that you would expect to pay him. Well, and and the tweet brings up another point is every time Ricky Pooch has a good game, he scores, scores two goals or does something amazing. There are going to be tweets. He's going back to Europe. Is Ricky going back? Does Ricky want to go back to Europe? Absolutely. Yeah. Will he go? Well, the clock is ticking. And each year that passes, he goes from being a, a bright young player to being right. a guy with a little bit of mileage on him. Right. Um, he wants to go back to Europe. There's interest in Europe. I think he probably will, but it doesn't mean he's going tomorrow. No, no. And I don't think he's going this winter either. Um, I, I think he actually really likes L.A. I know people think that's crazy, but if you talk to him about it, he will very clearly say that he likes L.A. Uh, he was asked about going back to Barcelona and somebody said, hey, um, you know, oh, well, he basically, I think Ricky and I'm paraphrasing. He said, listen, I'd love to go back to Barcelona, but I'm not going to because they didn't give me the time like that time has passed. They didn't want me. They didn't even want me for preseason to train with the club. He's got a chip on his shoulder. Barcelona, he's never going back there as far as I can tell. Uh, maybe eventually he would come back as sort of the triumphant conqueror of and I am this big player. You guys didn't see me. And now you want me to pay me all this money. And I'll go play for you again. By the way, speaking of Barcelona and Galaxy players, you hear about Julian Araujo. Barcelona said, that's OK. You don't need to be with us on this preseason tour, which I don't think they said, take, take your vacation time. And I think Julia took, uh, should have taken that as like, we don't want you around. Julian wanted to go. And now they're talking about uh, loaning Julian out. Um, That is not what Julian signed up for when he went to Barcelona. Yeah. But you know, that's also, that was, that was, that's more realistic than he's going to start on Barcelona's A team here anytime soon. Right. Um, You would expect that he gets a minute with Barcelona B, but now it doesn't even seem that that's the case. Hey, they paid for him. They got him. He's theirs. Uh, uh, You know, uh, Caligari has made everybody forget about Julian Araujo. Not really relax. God, I got so much hate mail last time I said it. And you guys don't listen. Um, So, you know, it's one of those that that you look at. I mean, so that's the thing. So Ricky Pooch, by the way, um, expect that if Ricky keeps playing well, Kevin, that people are going to pay attention and that there will be interest and that maybe eventually the deal comes through for that. I just don't think it's this winter. So everybody just needs to calm down. Um, you know, and so we'll see. And by the way, Richard in the chat room says next MLS season, a fourth DP slot added. I mean, we're talking about changes. So lots of things could change whenever we get to next year, because it was unlikely they were going to do anything at this midsummer meeting. Uh, now the next time is if they're going to change anything, it's going to happen after the season, right? Well, and and it is going to happen. I think that's a good point. I would be totally surprised if there weren't major changes. Why? Because the inner Miami thing with bringing in all those players has created this, this, uh, example that look we need to have more flexibility if if we want to bring Messi in and then Busquets and Jordi Alba and 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 all these people want to follow him we need to be able to react to that so that's one thing but the bigger thing and every all 29 MLS teams are going to be all over MLS about this league's cup our our rosters are not deep enough they're saying we don't need to add more people we just need to because teams have a core of 11 12 13 players right so we need to expand that we need more money so that 
the 16th, 17th, 18th guy on our roster can can come in and play these meaningful games and and help us out. That's you look at a, a team like Manchester City played I think 60 games this year. How do they do that? Well, because they got guys sometimes like Kevin De Bruyne on the bench. You know, MLS teams don't have that, so right. they will expand that roster and the salary cap will go up. And I think probably a fourth DP or some other TAM uh, thing will be added. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It, again, Miami is very interesting because they've now got the Messi effect, which is guys coming to play for less money just to play with Messi, right? We've seen that with the LA Galaxy at times and and with the people that they've had that guys come in for less money. Uh, Nigel de Jong was sort of, if I remember correctly, uh, one of those that was sort of like, oh, well, Bruce Arena worked out a deal and they were able to get Nigel de Jong because he was getting paid by the other team that they sort of, uh, uh, that, that he got released from. And then he came in and so he was like, hey, we'll pay you, you know, this much money, but you're living off the money you just got released from. And then next year, we're going to make you a DP, remember? That was how that all uh, sort of played out. So, but, you know, the Inter Miami, the team guilty of the most serious roster rules and, and, and money laundering or whatever, whatever you want to call it, they messed up a couple of years ago. And they're the ones that are we're supposed to believe that they're doing everything above the board now. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, there, there was a recent thing that basically said, you know, cheating's everywhere um, and that it's just the guys who get caught. Uh, so maybe the Galaxy are so stupid that they got caught cheating. Um, maybe that, that was always been an argument. Um, we only got a couple. We only got one minute for you. Um, one minute. Yeah, one minute. Uh, Maya Yoshida is expected to come in. and uh, it, He's coming in. We already told you that the last podcast that Maya Yoshida is coming in. And then everybody else acted like it was news the next day, like it was breaking news. It was. It, we told you. Uh, so Maya Yoshida is coming in. So that's a signing. I don't know if the LA Galaxy are going to be active here at the close of the window. It'll be interesting to see. But we know that at least one free agent is coming um, as soon as that window closes. So Maya Yoshida, who's in LA um, and around. So we'll find out whether or not visa paperwork and all that fun stuff. Anything else, Kevin? Yeah. Another thing, that's another guy that, again, you know, I still think this three-week break is bad, but now, now there's two players the Galaxy are going to be able to get up to speed. Hopefully, they're not get game action, but it'll get them up to speed. I will let you know, the window will close 17 hours earlier over here, right? Yeah, that's Since right. In, that's right. You'll know. Yeah, you'll, you'll I'll, let, let us know. I'll let you know if anything happens. All right, Bye. Mr. Kevin, have a great one. There goes Mr. Kevin Baxter. Uh, we're always glad to have Kevin on the show, and uh, he's off to cover the U.S. and Portugal, so always good there. Uh, $5 super chat from Lasso's Optimism. Bummed about the loss, but it's great to see Kevin. Love his bright optimism perspectives. Josh and Kevin have incredible work rates. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Playing a little injured tonight. But, uh, you know, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to have uh, to have Kevin on. And I was again, that's the first time I think we've only talked for 45 minutes here since he's gone down. Uh, he's had a lot of press events. that are sort of at the same time as the podcast. It's three thirty there now. Um, so three uh, thirty p.m. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, as, as he is in New Zealand right now. So uh, he'll know the score before uh, of the U.S.-Portugal game before uh, before everybody else here will, right? It's good. Um, all right. Is, the, is there anything else that you guys want to cover on that game? I, I mean, I see the complaints. And, and I, I, we can talk about timing of subs and everything else. I thought the sub timing was correct. Um, I thought bringing in Lairdam and Alvarez are two guys you're going to have take penalty kicks in this. I thought that that was the correct move in the time that it was supposed to happen. Um Look at look at these argue look at the players on this roster right now. You're missing four starters and they're four key starters. I thought the Galaxy lined up in a very good situation. The only thing that maybe I would look at is possibly Daniel Aguirre, who played great by the way, is with Memo Ochoa and or excuse me, Memo Rodriguez. Slip of the tongue. Uh, Memo Rodriguez, but you know, Rodriguez didn't exactly have a great time whenever he came out as well. Maybe Greg's seen something out of out of them in there. You're going to have to make subs in this game. You're going to have to change things at the end because you have to get ready for penalty kicks. Um, yeah, I think the Galaxy got unlucky. 
Uh, Vanny Sartini after the game said, I thought we deserved to tie. I didn't think we deserved to win. He goes, I think we stole that game. Uh, I think Sartini uh, would tell you as the ghost of Kevin appears on the screen. I, I think Sartini was even a little optimistic on that. Vancouver did nothing to even tie that game. Um, I think they had one big chance at the beginning where uh, Mitrovic came out and stopped somebody. Um, and and that one single sort of you know play in that in that arena really shut down most of what Vancouver was doing. Uh, I thought the Galaxy defense was strong. I thought Alfaro played well. I thought Neil played well. Um, you know that's a that's a partnership that's still developing. But the Galaxy wanted to go out and get somebody at center back who could distribute the ball, who could pass, and could handle sort of the defensive stuff in the center. And, and Tony Alfaro has been that guy. He looks seamless in that. If everybody is worried about how the LA Galaxy go and replace players, look at how they've sort of replaced guys just this year. And I think so often we've talked about um, not having the smarts or not having the intuition or panic buying or anything like that. The Galaxy are doing the opposite of panic buying right now. Uh, you can criticize them for that, which is, hey, we're going to be super cautious about all of this. You know, we're, we, you know, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to make a wrong move. Sure, there is no such thing as sure things. Uh, you can have the best players in the world and you can bring them together. Look at Toronto. I remember being in the Discord and being on Twitter whenever Toronto signed all the Italians, right? People were freaking out. Well, they're going to win MLS Cup, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is the great signing. This is great. And they went on and they were talking about the GM up there who has like, I just went on Football Manager and look for expiring contracts and, or, or Transfer Market, look for expiring contracts that were Italian. And I found them. And then I, then I tried to put everything around them, right? Every, I, I don't remember if you guys all remember the panic that you were all panicking about whenever they signed, uh, you know, Bernadeschi and I, I forget who else they signed up in Toronto because I really don't pay attention to Toronto because they become an afterthought, much like the LA Galaxy in the league right now, an afterthought. Um, <clears throat> having said all that, you know, you can put together the best names, the biggest names and everything that it's how they fit. Um, look at what they did with Caligari whenever they were replacing Julian Araujo, 100% pass on that right you you you, you nailed it um, you got a guy who's better defensively better technically maybe not as good going forward but I mean by what a couple percentage points uh, if they if the galaxy had a striker I think Caligari would be even more dangerous right um, you know Douglas Costa if Douglas Costa was playing the way that Douglas Costa has played since he sort of decided that he wanted to play if he was playing that way over the whole contract we might even be talking about a contract extension that's crazy talk to think of that now you can't do that right right guys you can't do that um, so, you know, I look at this and say, how are the ga galaxy trying to put together a team and are they finding the right pieces when they need to find pieces? They needed to find a center back within the league that they could get. They went out and got Tony Alfaro. Alfaro fits in very nicely with the LA galaxy. Him and Jalen Neal seem to have a nice partnership in the back. You know, that's temporary. Maya Ishida is probably the guy who's going to come in and start there in place of Tony Alfaro. But if you look at, you know, Maya Ishida, and we talked about this whenever we talked about the signing. Yoshida is very much in the same cloth of, you know, Martin Cossers, right? And just with the international experience, with the experience in other leagues and other things going on, <clears throat> Maya Yoshida is very much a, you know, almost a carbon copy of what Martin Cossers is, the veteran on the team. Again, talk about the mix. They can't all be young. That doesn't work. I think one of the things the LA Galaxy are missing the most this year is Sasha Kleshin and Victor Vasquez. As my cold now decides to run up into the thing, right? Um, so those are things that you have to keep in mind. I think the Galaxy, in what they've done recently, and again, this is the Will Kuntz era, right? And what Will's uh, influence certainly has been on the team, or at least what I perceive his influence to be on the team, is a team that's playing with a plan uh, in terms of who they're trying to acquire. 
They know the types of players. They know the types of attributes they want. They know these things. And so when they get them, they're able to plug and play. Bruce Arena was very good at doing this. Without a scouting system, Bruce Arena was very good. The scouting system was Bruce Arena. That's why. Um was able to plug and play. The Galaxy would reload all the time. Listen, this is Major League Soccer. You're going to reload every single season. Uh, Major League Soccer doesn't allow you to keep teams together like you want to keep them together. Because if you have to give guys raises, eventually they're going to top out on the on the salary cap and you're not going to be able to do anything with them anymore. Right? And they, Unless you make them TAM or other things, right? So there's all these things that go into the, the effects of roster building, but I think the Galaxy are doing it correct. Right, right now they are. Now, does that get rid of you know all the years of of mismanagement and things? No, no. But I, I don't think they're going to put themselves in. And we've gone over this philosophy multiple times now. You should know it. You should tell your friends because I'm tired of explaining it. The Galaxy very clearly are on, in a position right now where they say, if you talk to them, we will add pieces when it makes sense for us to add the piece. We're not going to hamstring ourselves with a longer contract with a guy who doesn't fit. So the transfer brand and everything else <clears throat> that's going on with the LA Galaxy is, is limiting their ability to impact the roster this year. <clears throat> Chris Klein's parting gift, right? So take a look at that. Lorenzo, uh, yeah, Lorenzo Insigne, right? Okay, lasagna Insigne. I like that even better. Um, <clears throat> John uh, says uh, $10 super chat. I still don't believe there's a plan. There is a plan. It's been articulated. As a matter of fact, if you know anybody in any supporters groups or anything like that, they've been shown the plan of how this stuff is supposed to be built. How the turnover. We talked about ghost teams earlier in this season, I think. Um, how the Galaxy are developing ghost teams. We talked about analytics department. The Galaxy are now hiring a full-time analytics person. The little steps that we've expected the Galaxy to take for years seem like they're finally, finally taking over. So that's sort of where we sit, right? Um, listen, I know there's lots of people who want to fire Greg Vanny, and that's fine. You can, you can keep saying it. In fact, I scream it till you're hoarse. Um, I don't think changing that, um, right now is going to affect anything. Uh, in fact, I think it hurts. Uh, this team loves Vanny. In fact, I was talking to another report about this. This team loves Greg Vanny. They love playing for him. They love his motivation. They love lots of things. If this team gets a number nine, in any shape or form here, even when the window closes or anything else, if the team gets a number nine who can score goals, this Galaxy team will, will make the playoffs. If they don't, then somebody has to step up out of their mind. Jovulich has to put another nine, right? I saw somebody in the chat room saying, was, is he better? I think it was Pottermas who was saying, hey, is he better with a with a 99 on instead of a nine? Put an extra nine on Jovulich. Throw him out there, see if that helps. <clears throat> I wanted to give you the LA Galaxy schedule again. No game until August 20th when they face off against Real Salt Lake. I wouldn't be surprised if they scrimmage some teams that aren't playing as well um, in this three-week span. In fact, if I'm the LA Galaxy, I figure out a way to make that happen. Um, so, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be... Uh, just keep an eye on that. So that's uh, August coming up. Uh, LA Galaxy versus Real Salt Lake. LA Galaxy versus Chicago. Two home games. Then away to San Jose for the third time. <clears throat> They'll play San Jose. And then September is busy. <coughs> Four home games. Two away games. One of those at LAFC, so really uh, a month where the LA Galaxy are home for all but one game. Keep that in mind as the LA Galaxy. And I'm not saying they're better at home. I'm not saying that home is like a solution for them. Um, but home could be the salvation in order to get to the playoffs. 36 total points available for them. Three games in October still there. Uh, Seattle, Minnesota, away to Seattle, away to Minnesota. Two tough games. Uh, and then home to FC Dallas on Oh, Fan Appreciation Day. Everybody loves a good Fan Appreciation Day. I just wanted to take a look at the knockout rounds. The LA Galaxy would have been drawn into the 
to the uh, to the tournament playing against Tigres, right? So that would have been the next game. Uh, Vancouver gets to host Tigres instead. So just in case you're looking at where everything is and how it would have shaped out, that's where you can look. Uh, Leaguescup.com is where you can find all that. I, for one, don't have to put Ghost of Kevin up there. I, for one, and I'm very serious about this, think that Leagues Cup is a great tournament. Uh, three places, the top three places, first, second, and the winner of the third place game, all get CONCACAF Champions League sports. I think it's disappointing that the LA Galaxy uh, couldn't have gone to at least to the knockouts um, and possibly even gone past that uh, because I think that there's some real benefits to this tournament. I think the games have been exciting. I like seeing Liga MX teams and, L- and MLS teams. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I think that fans are going to have to grow to learn to love the tournament, but I've enjoyed watching all the games that I've watched. So um, I, I think that's really interesting. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's it. Uh, Christian, by the way, any thoughts on Pooj taking off the captain armband near the end of the match? Yeah, I think he's ticked. Uh, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you do that? Um, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you give up two goals in the last 10 minutes when you were winning one, nothing? How do you go from winning this game and advancing to a tournament to allowing two fluky goals uh, and getting eliminated from the tournament. I mean, quite honestly, it felt like the uh, Houston game on Fan Appreciation Day there a while where the Galaxy are winning 2 nothing at halftime and lose that game 3-2. Was it 3-2? I think it was 3-2. And a dubious handball on Real Salt Lake that wasn't called that would have kept the LA Galaxy in the playoffs as well. It feels it feels un, it feels unlucky. It feels hard done. And if I'm Ricky Pooj, I'm angry. I wish he's young, so I sort of imagine the impulsiveness to sort of be like, I'm taking this off because maybe he feels like he didn't deserve it. Maybe he feels like the team didn't deserve it to have it on, right? You'd have to ask him. But I certainly, it doesn't make me sit there and go, oh, well, Ricky's disrespecting the captaincy and everything. Ricky Pooj is going to be your captain. Uh, This is just, you know, one one of the first times he's had it on. He will be the captain. My guess is he's the captain all of next year. Ricky Pooj, and by the way, he's going to be here next year. That's my, that's my full belief. Um, Ricky Pooj is, is the guy for the LA Galaxy. I think he likes being the guy for the LA Galaxy. Um, I do want to clear up one thing because Marvin says, you know, um, they were talking about the PA, PA system operating, blasting music every time Vancouver scored, yet no music when the Galaxy scored. Uh, they, they, they play these games like there are fans of both teams at the game where it's like dual hosting. So they will do music for both. And if they miss the LA Galaxy one, then it's just because they're not used to doing what they're supposed to be doing. It's very confusing for everybody, okay? This is the first time they've ever going through it. I will give everybody who's working on any of these teams a lot of leeway uh, this particular year. Uh, we talked about it on Thursday night. Go back and listen to that a little bit. But it's not like there's some central office that's coordinating all this. It's really, you know, a thrown-together team, and the teams have to absorb all this. And God bless everybody in the LA Galaxy's front office who are just like, yeah, you have to host all these teams and all these games at Dignity Hills Sports Park, and you get to do it. And, you know, this is part of your job, so get to it. So that's where we're at. Logan, I'd answer some of your questions, but all you ever do is say Vanny out in my DMs on Instagram. So I, I just, you know, why don't, why don't you, why don't you try just, just thinking out on some more of that stuff? Um, I think the LA Galaxy are disappointed by this. Um, I certainly, I wasn't there to be able to talk to them afterwards, but I've talked to these guys. They know. Uh, Caligari put out on this whole thing that uh, he is very. Uh, that he was like he, he was like a difficult one and really hard to explain, but we'll get better. We'll get better. Um, so I, I really think that, uh, I think Leagues Cup is going to be a big tournament in the next four or five years. Um, I think the money is going to be there. There's a lot of prize money. I think the chance to go to CONCACAF Champions League for the top three teams is a huge deal too. That's a big qualifying tournament. 
Uh, almost $2 million goes to the winning team, but there's $40 million in the pot, which means $38 plus million is being funneled down to all the players, that type of thing. So um, schedule congestion is going to be an issue, but that's one of the reasons MLS needs to make those rosters a little bit bigger. I think that gets adjusted. Um, and also uh, either raising the salary cap or doing something to allow teams to spend more money across broader things, right? Not just one, not just $20 million on one player, but $20 million across the entire roster. Why not? Um, and MLS has sort of been lacking behind that. So I think that's going to do it for me right now. Uh, as my cold comes back, uh, the coughing continues, and uh, I'm sure the fever has returned once again. I am going to uh, go to sleep a little bit early. Uh, reminder, or at least an update, no no show on Thursday night. Um, and so uh, we're going to take a little break. If the Galaxy gets some time off, I get some time off too. I have some family coming into town. And everybody knows, big weekend for Josh. It is Taylor Swift weekend. Uh, Saturday night. So if you're at uh, Saturday night at SoFi Stadium, holler at your boy. I already got my T-Swizzle uh, T-shirt ready to go. All right. So uh, thank you, Gary. $5 Super Chat. I will feel better. I appreciate that. I hope everybody uh, has a wonderful time, uh, a good week. Uh, as somebody said, and I, I meant to clip it and I forgot to do it, but they're like, hey, let's everybody, let's get into some good mental health. Let's get into some good eating habits. Let's try to make ourselves real healthy because in three weeks, the LA Galaxy will return and make our lives a living hell again. So um, I, I agree with that. Take a little mental health break. Um, you know, if you, I guess if you want to keep DMing me Vanny out, you can, uh, for all of you guys on, on Instagram, but you know, maybe, maybe not, maybe, maybe don't do that. All right. So enjoy a little bit of time off. We'll be back probably next Monday night is what I'm guessing right now. All right. All right. I think that about does it for me. Uh, LA galaxy on a little break. We'll be on a little break as well. We'll update you on when the next podcast is, but no podcast on Thursday night. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J G U E S M A N. And of course at galaxy podcast on Twitter and threads, uh, at K Baxter 11 is Kevin's Twitter. Um, and of course you can head over to latimes.com for his coverage of the women's world cup. Uh, and anybody who poo pooed talking about the women's world cup at the beginning of the show, kindly sit down, grab yourself a frosty beverage and think about the sins of your life. All right. Uh, for Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter, I'm Josh Pato. Guess when you've been listening, you've been watching to our little corner of the galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.